What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benson. And I'm Ben Bolin. Ben, today's topic is a, another question of the day. Mm-hmm. And it is a topic that uh, should not be taken lightly by anybody. Oh, no. If this is an impulse decision, you're doing it wrong. Definitely. Yeah, there's a, uh, a big question out there when you, know, you get to the end of your car's life, I guess, or when you mm-hmm. think you've gotten to the end of your car's right. life. Is it time to replace that car? You know, should you buy a new car? Should you buy a new to you used car? You know, what should you do? Or should you hang on to that old car? Is it is it worth it to hang on to the old car just to save some more money in the meantime? Right. And there's a great question here that a lot of people don't consider all the angles to when they first start grappling with it. Because consider we've all been there or we at least all know somebody who's been at the point with a car that they've owned for several years where they say, you know, now it seems like every time I get something fixed, something else breaks, you know, and even if you work on your car yourself, you, uh, you're going to incur increasing costs for a car where everything is just starting to fail, you know? Exactly. We're going to get to all of this, I mm-hmm. promise. And and I do want to stay, say, state that, rather, that we are not going to really talk specific numbers because it, it varies so greatly for everybody. Right, uh, yeah. You know, what you're we, able to afford, yeah. what your vehicle's worth, what the new vehicle will cost, the mileage and all that. You know, everything is, is very specific to you. But... We will talk some general numbers as far as like national averages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll try to make some sense out of all this as we go through and, and tell you how to make a, a reasonably informed decision about this because, you know, eventually it'll come down to really your desire, whatever you really want to do. I mean, when we get to the very end of it, it'll be kind of up to you, but yeah. we can maybe try to guide you along the way here. Right. We can give you some principles for sure. So, uh, one of the first Biggest questions when you're sitting there with your car that has been a pretty good car, but let's say you've, you know, you've been driving in an average number of times and stuff. And now you, now you're at the point where it seems like 
you're doing a number of repairs every month. So you've got average mileage. You've got average mileage. But uh, you've owned it for many, many years. Sure. And it's above 100,000 miles. It's past the 100K. Yeah, a lot of people see that as like the sell point. I've, I've heard that from many Isn't people. Isn't that like, weird? Uh, you know, before it gets to 100,000, I'm going to sell this car and get another one. That's maybe not the best strategy, as we'll find no, out. No, sir. So, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that are hanging on to cars right now that – they're putting a, a fair amount of money into it each month for repairs, mm-hmm. and they're wondering, is that what I should be doing? Well, maybe they should look at, you know, kind of what the, the general older car cost would be, I guess, this if you want to look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe we can compare that with what some of the general new car costs are, because people don't seem to think about new car costs other than the initial payment or the initial purchase price. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's the right way to look at this. So. You know, when we look at older car costs, you're thinking mainly three things because you've paid it off, right? It's, it's, right. It's yours. You own it. Yeah. We're assuming that, you know, you're beyond the part where, you know, you're, you're making the monthly payment and it's, and it's your vehicle. Mm-hmm. You own the car. You're paying for, you know, when the brakes go bad, you're buying that. Whenever mm-hmm. the, you know, the belt gets thrown off of there, you, you're paying for the new belt repair or you're paying for insurance, but your insurance is likely going to be cheaper due to the age of the car. Exactly. That's one of the three things. So you basically got fuel costs. You basically got insurance costs and maintenance costs. Mm-hmm. And those three things are, are what you're pretty much paying for a used car all the time or a used car. Your, I should say used car, your old car. Right. All the time. So, you know, you hang on to it past the point where you're paying for it each month and that's what you're paying. Now, you know, roughly, I guess these are roughly the same for a new car too. The fuel and insurance costs, um, insurance costs, as you mentioned, Ben, they go up a little bit for a new car. Right. Uh, for an older car, as your car depreciates a bit, you know, in value, the insurance company realizes that and they say, well, you know, you should be paying each month for that mm-hmm. as much as you were for it when it was newer, even one year newer. So every year you'll see an incremental drop to a point, I think. And then they, they kind of halt that, but, right. uh, maintenance costs. Now that's the main factor I think to consider. Uh, when you're talking about an older car, like what we're considering here. So an older car, the main factor would be, you know, like monthly repairs versus a new monthly car payment. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to a brand new vehicle, which, you know, you've got to look at that monthly payment, of course, unless you're, you know, I guess in a position where you can pay cash for a car and we'll, we'll get to that as well. <laughs> but, but, um, not a whole lot of people do that. Well, some do, but. Okay, I love that you did this, uh, that, that you introduced this comparison. That has to be made. And this is one of the most crucial factors in determining whether you should continue repairing your current car or buy a new or um, what do they call it? Certified pre-owned? Certified pre Oh, yeah. New to you used car, right? New yeah. to you. Like yeah, the- certified pre-owned. That's, uh, that's a whole different ballgame. Wa- you know what? Should we just tell them right now what that is? Yeah. Certified pre-owned vehicle is one that will often come with a warranty, which is a pretty good deal, really. Yep. And that's what sets that apart from just a pre-owned vehicle that you might buy in a lot where it's mm-hmm. like as is. You know, you drive off the lot and it's your responsibility. Right. Certified pre-owned comes with a certain guarantee for the quality of yeah. the vehicle. A manufacturer's guarantee, which, right. is, uh, not, which is a big deal. Not crazy Eddie on yeah. 2nd Avenue yes. used cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those certified pre-owned commercials that we're seeing everywhere yeah, now. Yeah, from like BMW and stuff. They actually have some kind of meaning behind them. There's mm-hmm. some backing there if you want to think about it that way. So um, I'm sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to go oh, on no the worries. side. That's a great there. point. So, um, so what I'd like to do right now are two things, if you're okay with it. First, something that we should have said in the beginning, buddy, and I can't believe we missed it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, we have a great podcast on the cost of ownership, and it's an old one. It's a deep cut. But if you are if you are considering buying a new car, repairing your current car now, then you really should check out that podcast because it has it has some um, reassuring news and some ugly truth. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, 
Oh yeah, the ugly truth part about that. I, I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. You know. Yeah, you know the timetables. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we were. I think we were on new car costs. Right. right? New car costs. We talked about old car costs. You know, keep, I guess keeping your old car. Right. Uh, versus new car costs and new car costs. Now a lot of people think of just the initial. You know, I'm going to the dealership and I got to put a down payment on this thing and I've got to uh, you know pay this monthly fee and you know we'll talk about monthly fees in just a minute, uh, rather charges, but. Um, you're going to have less maintenance to deal with. You're going to have a little bit more insurance to deal with and right. potentially less fuel costs. But you got to remember that along with that purchase cost, you're also going to have uh, taxes, title, sure. licensing fees, mm-hmm. things like that, um, and possibly loan interest if you do have to take a uh, take a loan out for this vehicle. I'm so glad you said that. I read this great article by these guys called the Motley Fools mm-hmm. um, who work with different uh, different microeconomic or individual economic decisions and they had this great look uh, at whether you should buy or buy a new car or maintain your old one and if it's okay I just want to walk through their example real quick sure okay so they looked at a place called Comerica Bank and that's the creator of the auto affordability index Okay, so what's that, Ben? Okay, so the auto affordability index uh, is something where you can find the average prices of all types of different makes of vehicles, years of vehicles, and it's broken down by multiple categories. Uh, so looking at this, at the number they found, just to pick an example out of the air, the average cost of a light vehicle would be like 25.5. Really? Yeah, but that's, you know, that's an older number. That is an older number, right. and I'll update that in just a minute. But go ahead with your example. Yeah, I'm set, setting you up for this, that's because okay. this is an outdated number just for this example. So let's say you had to finance that because you couldn't pay for the car with cash, which we'll mention later, right? Uh, so you had to have some interest. And let's say your interest was just a little over 6.5%. Okay. Which is not too bad, yeah. but that would cost you $605.44 a month. All right. Now, if you're driving a vehicle that's costing you 200 a month to repair, then it's still saving you money. That's clear. Easy choice there. Right. I mean, you make those repairs. You're saving $400 every month potentially by holding on to that old car. Right. Now, uh, also, there's going to be a cost to you in time and convenience because you have to work on this car every month. Yeah, and I guess you can extrapolate that to if, uh, you know, one month you go without a $200 repair, uh-huh. and then the next month you go without another $200 repair, and then the next month it's $600 Ooh, to repair. Yeah, yeah. That happens occasionally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to look at it that you had two months off there. And that's the way you got to look at this. And you've mm-hmm. got to look at it, you know, the, the math of the whole thing. And that's that's where, you know, a lot of this comes in, like, are you, are you saving money versus what you would pay for a new car? Because you got to have a new car in mind when you when you start working out the math on this because, I mean, mm-hmm. it can range anywhere from you, know, you may buy a new vehicle, new to you, used vehicle that's $12,000 right. or $10,000, or you may want to get a, uh, a used vehicle that is, you know, $35,000, mm-hmm. or you might get want to get a brand new vehicle that's $50,000, you know, and then you've got to figure out all these different uh, formulas and, and mm-hmm. what works best for you and what you're paying for that old used car each month. And that's where it becomes critical. Like, should you hang on to it? But mm-hmm. there's more to it than just that. I mean, you people buy new cars for a lot of different reasons. They buy, ah, yes. they buy them for, for comfort, for style, sure. image, sure. safety, convenience, reliability, things like that. I oh, mean, yeah. One of the examples that you and I talk about, um, or we've talked about a couple times off air, uh, would concern some of our friends who are realtors, you know, or who are attorneys mm-hmm. and – we're not going to name names because I'm not sure if some, if some of my buddies might be listening to this episode, but 
you and I have friends who say that because of their job, they need to always have a really nice new looking car. And it doesn't matter if it's a well-maintained car from, you know, 98 or 2003, because what they need to uh, have to maintain their appearance is a car from at least 2011. And see, now that makes sense to me in that case, because if you're driving clients all over town to show them new homes mm-hmm. or property or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be, you definitely do have to have, you have to portray that image. You have to have that professional image, that successful image. You know, what, what is this guy doing? He's trying to sell me a million dollar piece of property right. in the middle of Atlanta. Yeah. And he's driving around in a $5,000 used, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Toyota Tacoma or something. You know, like what's right. going on with this? We're, we're having to sit on each other's laps to get to the property. That's not right. But so, if he's in a leased Escalade, which again, I still think is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that it's, it's all about the image or, or a new Mercedes, you know, something yeah, like that. I definitely. mean, it, it all plays into that, that big shot persona that they want to have that mm-hmm. they actually kind of need to have in order to make the deal go through. And, and for some, you know, for some people, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important. It's a good idea. And there's another thing that is a non quantifiable or non-numerical interest that I would add here, but I'm going to wait till the end to drop it. Is that cool? Oh, that's fine. And, okay. you know, we mentioned paying cash for cars, right? Yes. And and I don't know if a lot of people really have ever done this, really, I mean, in, in our audience. I know a lot of people claim to have done this and say, like, well, I just paid cash for that car, but buying a brand new car now, uh, and, and the average price of a new car is something like, uh, and this is a relatively new number. Okay. So you mentioned 25 before. But that was a few years back. Well, actually, it wasn't that far back because in one year, I believe, this price has gone up something like $5,000. Oh. In, in one, I think it's one year. Let me let me double check that. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. $5,000 in the last 10 years. Okay. So um, it's gone up. Yeah, five grand. Because in two thousand three, the number was like twenty six three seventy four mm-hmm. uh, for a brand new vehicle. Now the average new car price thirty one thousand two hundred and fifty two dollars, which is uh, that comes from three different places. That comes from USA Today, uh-huh. uh, TrueCar dot com, and then a, a place called thecostofliving dot com. Now who knows where they're getting their information? Maybe it's all coming from the same place. You sure. know, but that's the average price of a new car. In the United States, as of August 2013. So okay, so 30, that's current. 31,252, and that's pretty much the generally accepted number. I've heard, I've heard about 30,000. And who carries that much money around in cash? Well, Not most people. Yeah, you don't. You don't typically have that kind of money sitting in a savings account to uh, to just be able to say, you know, hand it over. And that's the average price. So there's something a little more, some a little less, right. of course. I understand that. And I, I do know that it happens. It, it happens, but not as frequently as I think I hear it happen. You know? <laughs> used, used cars, I can understand. Like, let's say maybe you saved up money from your previous car. Yeah. And, you know, when you were done paying for it, you, uh, you, you, as you should do, put the money that you would normally put for that payment into a separate account, a savings account. Because mm-hmm. that's, this is supposedly what you're supposed to do every month, Ben. When you finish paying off your car, yeah. you set up a savings account and you put that money from your, your payment, your former payment, directly into a savings account and then when it's time to buy another vehicle in three years or whenever your 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 current car breaks down you'll have a nice hefty down payment or you could able you're able to pay cash for probably a decent used vehicle you know, something to get you around town yeah that's again yeah i hear you emphasizing supposed to yeah do the, i mean but how many people really do that do you know do you know anybody that does that because i think once you're free of that car payment then you yeah. say well that money's freed up for i'm going to put this money away but i'm going to put it away for vacations if you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. 
It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Probiotics aren't a trend anymore. They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has one billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I'll be honest. Yeah, I know. I know some people who do that. Uh, as for somebody who intentionally earmarks the money just for a new car, mm-hmm. I know only only two people who have done that. One of them, I don't know if if she's still doing it or if she just had one stellar moment of behavior. Sure. Yeah. Set up the account and then it, it's, you know, got stagnant around 500 bucks. Well, or it's like, like it's just, it's, it's good housekeeping. It's just like how you're supposed to walk around your car and give it an ocular assessment every time before you start it. Uh, I imagine that well over, what would you say, Scott? Well over 85% of car drivers never do that. I'm going to go higher than that. I mean, people may look to see if they have four flat tires. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And that's about it. I mean, and I don't think many people do that. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be generous to say 85%. But yeah. anyways, that's what you're supposed to do with that money. You're supposed right. to put it away and, and supposedly you'll avoid all that, you know, that stress when it's time to really, you know, go out there and search for a new used vehicle or mm-hmm. a brand new vehicle. But most people are having to resort to either used cars or finance financing exactly right so i went to bankrate.com which mm-hmm. is uh they have an auto calculator and you could find these online you could find a lot of different things you could find um well you know what i'm gonna talk about calculators right after this but i want to tell okay. you my this one example now i went to bankrate.com and, and found their auto calculator and i put in a couple of different numbers now i use the the average uh you know Average price of a car here in the U.S., okay, which is so 31. Uh, 31,252. Mm-hmm. And just to start. Now, I did it with no money down at all, all the money financed, you know, so a complete finance of the full amount. 
for 48 months, which is pretty typical. And I think the current rate was something like 4.14%, which is oh, not, nice. not You've bad. got good credit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That, oh, that's another thing. Your credit rating. Comes oh, in yeah. This and you get a lower rate that way. But a lot of a uh, lot of new college graduates are learning that for the first time. Yeah, they end up having to go with the uh, eight or nine percent rate, yeah. you know, instead of the four point four percent or four point one. So, anyways, the uh, the full amount financed for forty eight months comes out to a whopping seven hundred and seven dollars and sixty cents a month. Goodness which, gracious! And that's the average car, Ben. And four years, that seems like that's about an average term. Yeah. For for a car payment as well. Yeah. If you want to back that down to thirty six months, so oh, no. you make it even faster. All right, hit at, me with it. At four percent, the price is still nine hundred and twenty three dollars a month. Wow. For the average car, you're talking about just like the the typical family sedan. Yes, this is not a Rolls Royce. No, this is like a minivan. Yeah. You know, for something like this, I mean, when you thirty one thousand, I, I can I can do this all the time. Like I can look through the paper and I can see something that's uh, you know. About thirty-one thousand, I think. Well, maybe that's manageable, you know, with my yeah, trade-in and, sure. you know, that's uh, a little that's, bit down. Yeah, I'll put a little bit of money down with whatever I trade my vehicle in for, yeah. and then, um, you know, what, what's my monthly payment going to be? Well, <laughs> you know, you think thirty-one thousand is not a huge deal, but when you look at a number like seven hundred dollars or nine hundred dollars a month it hits for you. four, or yeah. five, you know, three or four years. Mm-hmm. So then, here's the other part of this: you go to like one of these uh, calculators or a, um, a tool, rather, that will tell you. What your vehicle is worth, the true market value of your vehicle. Okay. So yeah. you go to Edmonds or you know the Kelly sure. Blue Book or mm-hmm. something like that, and uh, you punch in the numbers or you punch in the information for your vehicle. And I did this for my car recently, and the numbers were depressing. Oh no! It came back like a super low number. It's like it's worth like less than five thousand dollars. Ben, my car. Oh man! And I was thinking all along, like, okay, well, I'll trade my vehicle in for ten thousand dollars, and then my payment will be this. And oh no, it's like. Five thousand dollars is what the cars were, so I'm going to have to, you know, pony up another five thousand dollars cash mm-hmm. on top of that yeah. to get to these numbers that I found right here. So, same same information, all mm-hmm. that, you know, the 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 percentages and everything are the same. But for this. with a uh, ten thousand trade in and down combined, ten thousand down, okay. and and this was just before I knew that mine's only worth five. <laughs> so with ten thousand downs, so you're financing twenty one thousand two hundred fifty three dollars. Yeah. Your payment for four four years is still four hundred and eighty one dollars a month. And if you go to a 36 month, which I would prefer to do, because sure. who wouldn't want to get it done? You quicker? don't want to walk around with a debt chain. On. No, six hundred and twenty-seven dollars a month is what I'm looking at for a for an average vehicle with ten thousand dollar down, ten thousand dollars down mm-hmm. for three uh, for three years. Yeah, but think about all the money you could save if you're paying nine hundred dollars a month because you won't be uh, buying gas. So, <laughs> yeah, great, good point. You'll you're, eat uh, less you're too. Riding the train, you're going to be eating a lot less. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is okay. So these numbers can seem daunting, and they underlie they underline the uh the thing that we were talking about earlier. We're um you know when we said the bottom line is ultimately. As annoying as it can be to repair a car, um, it can be uh, much more economically feasible to pay two hundred or even three hundred dollars a month average in repairs uh, versus uh, nine hundred dollar a month, not average. Nine hundred real dollars a month. Isn't that scary? I mean, mm-hmm. I I've been kind of well. I've never ever bought a brand new car. Oh, yeah. Not brand new from the factory, you know, nothing like that. It's always been used, you know, a couple of years used. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a sweet spot there, like maybe two to three years used. Mm-hmm. Vehicles returned either from a lease or it's returned just because, you know, somebody got tired of driving it That's after what about my three years. Does, yeah. yeah, after about three years, people are tired of it. So, you know, you strap yourself with a with a four year loan or a five year loan or I saw Ben, I saw some that went up to eighty four months. 
online that you're able to get an 84 month lease on, Ooh, on a vehicle. That wow. to me seems like a bad deal for a lease. Yeah, I'm sorry, not a lease. I'm sorry, it, for a purchase. Oh yeah. man, well, at least it'd be worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, even um, that's cartoonish. So bad. there's some important points to remember, though. We're talking about a lot of we're talking about a lot of numbers, and, mm-hmm. and the numbers can be kind of played around with in, in a lot of different ways. And, yeah. And the thing that you got to remember is that. You know, you got to think, is it the same price as your monthly car payment would be for mm-hmm. each one? So we talked about that example. Like if you have a $300 a month car payment, ah, we just talked about that. It's not, <laughs> it doesn't sound possible anymore. Really. No, it does, it's it's tough. It not, sounds like a different time. Not really. But I mean, they're saying like if, if you have a $300 a month car payment versus a $1,200 repair that happens every four months. Right. Which, oh my gosh, that sounds... Can you I, imagine? Well, I had an Audi that did that to me. Oh yeah, you were I, telling me about in that. In one year, I had this car, this Audi... That uh, it was a '99 Audi A4. Mm-hmm. In one year, I had three three thousand dollar repairs on the thing. The maintenance killed me Ow. on that car. And Ouch. by the time I got out of that hole, yeah, just barely out of that hole, I did nothing. I wanted nothing more than to trade it and get rid of it. So I I, I traded mm-hmm. it in for less than I probably should have. But I got the car that I have now, and I've had it for a long time, so it ended up okay. Mm-hmm. But I, it was a huge financial hole, and it probably ruined me from ever getting another Audi again. Because not because I don't want one, because I love right. it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I loved it when I had it. It was a great car and when until, it was working until that final year. <laughs> it, but there's no way my life, my wife will even let me get near uh, an Audi dealership at this point. Oh, uh, but you know what, Scott? It was a learning experience. <laughs> yes, and speaking of learning experiences, <laughs> learning experiences, learning experiences. Yeah. Speaking of learning experiences, uh, <laughs> it, it reminds me of something that. My dad uh, used to say to me um, when I had when I had really, really just found myself in a boondoggle. Yeah, he would say, "Well, that's the price of an education." And then normally, depending on what had happened, I would say, uh, "You should have told me something like this before." Um, which usually you, he did. Why don't you pass along your wisdom, old man? <laughs> Is that what you said? Because that wouldn't get you very far, I don't think. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Probiotics aren't a trend anymore. They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has one billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. 
To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Uh, as we return here, Scott, when last we left, we were talking about some other things that we had yet to add to this equation. Yeah, right? we're still talking about numbers. And, you know, we talked about a couple different points here. Now, we, we said, you know, if the repair is less than a few months car payment mm-hmm. on a new vehicle, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, there's a decision to make there. Now, which would be... You know, if it's lower than the cost of a few months, then of course you would do it. And of course, if it's lower than one month, obviously you would do it. Sure. Now, if the repair is, here's another one, Ben. This is another tricky one. A single big repair. So if the repair is less than half the car's market value, which is huge. So, right. you know, I mentioned mine's worth roughly $5,000 at this point, my used right. car. So if you had a $2,400 repair. And there's a lot of back and forth with, you know, the, the industry experts on this, you know, that say that, you know, I don't know. Should you make a repair that's worth more than half the the vehicle? Uh, you know, uh, the, the right. vehicle's overall trade in value. Yeah. Um, some people would say, well, it's a it's an emotional decision on my part because I, I I'm familiar with this vehicle. I know once I make this, it's going to keep it going for another year because I know that everything else is solid. I'm going to yep. make this one repair that is pricey, but I feel that it's going to keep me going for another twelve another solid twelve months. Right. Then yeah. it becomes is it is it then you have to go back to is it worth twelve months? Uh, you know, based on monthly payments. Right. And so then, and I'm so glad you said that. So, uh, one of the examples, just to take the example that we made of your car, mm-hmm. uh, if we say it's worth five grand and it has a, uh, repair cost, let's just say 2400 for the sake of argument, right? And, uh, you know that that 2400 repair, whatever, whatever ungodly massive repair that is <laughs> has to, um, it doesn't doesn't take much. Yeah, it'll delay uh it'll delay the purchase of a different vehicle or another repair for as you said 12 months you average 2400 out over those 12 months and it's still less than a car payment once you add insurance and gas. 200 bucks a month and yeah. it seems like well that's going to be far less than a new car payment would be. So you got to yeah. play all these different math games. These uh you got to go through uh, just a lot of uh I don't know math Acrobatics, I guess, in order to right. figure out what's what's it worth to you, really. And you've got to also weigh in, weigh in with, uh, you know, is it uh, are other things falling apart on it? You know, can I expect <laughs> that after I make this payment, I'm going to also have to do this and this, and how much are those going to yep. cost? And I know that it's tough to foresee, you know, any kind of maintenance is coming up. You know, there's there's general maintenance like you know you monthly stuff or, sure. or you know stuff that's based on mileage. But what about the stuff that breaks? Mm-hmm. You know, in older cars. Things are going to break, and it the always belt just goes. Yeah, it just happens. I mean, and you know, there's other unexpected things that you just don't know. You're going to get a, a rock through the radiator, yeah. at some point because you're going to be on the highway a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, things like that that you know may cost you a few hundred here, a few hundred there. But when you add them onto that big repair that you just made, then it becomes you know, well, if I had known this was going to happen, I would have just traded it in. You know, I would have right. made the smart decision and and started you know. Start over fresh with a new used vehicle mm-hmm. or a brand new vehicle. Mm-hmm. I always personally, I always go for used vehicles too, gently used, couple years old. Mm-hmm. I've never bought a brand new vehicle just because I don't care for the depreciation. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm just, in addition to buying a car, it feels like I would also be handing someone, you know, 
five thousand dollars. Well, that's the thing. You got you to think about depreciation as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of points to think about when you buy a new car, and depreciation is one. Upkeep. There's yeah. own, you know the the length of ownership, I guess, mm-hmm. interest costs and insurance yep. rates, and and of course there's a purchase price, of course, and the monthly payments and all that. But you also have to consider. Uh, you know, once you make this repair, how long is that going to get, you know, exactly. how long is that going to preserve the life of the vehicle? How long are you able to keep that car on, uh, you know, on life support? I guess. Because, <laughs> I hope it's not that drastic. Well, you know, in some cases it feels like that. You know, in some, some cases it does. Some people are hanging on to a car that has like mine, it has 157,000 or something like yeah. that. And it feels like every time I make a little repair on it, I'm, I'm keeping it on life support. You know, how long is it going to last me? Like, well, it's, it's kind of rough condition and I can expect that soon this is going to break, but. It's still a lot cheaper than a six hundred dollar new car payment for just an average new car. My uh, my car's got one hundred and sixty four thousand on it, and uh, I still like it. I love it. As a matter of fact, uh, I know though the car and I have an open secret that one day that transmission is just gonna head out, mm-hmm. and and then at that point I'll have to make that calculation. You know how how worthwhile is it to uh, to get a new vehicle, which, you know, might still be a Monte Carlo, uh, to, uh, you know, in, in, as opposed to repairing a transmission on a car that old, with yeah, that, then, that high of a mileage. And then do you take the bargain basement way where you go to some, you know, guy in a, in a barn somewhere and he's yeah. got a, he's got a used one that you're not quite sure about the condition, but right. it's, but it's only 500 bucks to have the mm. thing put in, installed and done. You know, you, you and he says, Hey, I don't have the, title but <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's a little shady deal maybe but you know is that worth it then you don't you know mm-hmm. do you go to a place where you don't maybe trust the parts as much as if you go to the dealership and have the transmission rebuilt and right thing, by a certified which would cost a lot of money i understand yeah. but think how long that thing would last it probably would be like new again mm-hmm. oh so, uh, you know, there's all these different things just away it's a let me add cops. another one on here yeah. um <clears throat> one of the calculations there uh, i'm sure some people have already thought about this as you guys were listening to us uh, but one of the calculations that we haven't hit on yet mm-hmm. is the problem of liquidity. So for uh, so here's how a lot of people with the best of intentions, especially, and I know I sound like an old codger when I say it, especially younger people get caught in car payments that they can't afford over time mm-hmm. just because they don't have the liquidity maybe to pay for, let's say, a nine hundred or even twelve hundred dollar repair that would keep their existing car going for a year or more. Since they don't have that lump of cash, then they're saying, "Okay, um, I'll go in and I'll get a, a car and I'll uh, be able to afford it because I'll just be paying three hundred dollars a month, which is less." And then, of course, they get pushed up to four in the negotiation process, and they say, "Okay, four is a hundred more than I wanted to pay per month." But that's doable. And it's still easier than 1200 all at once. And what that means is, in the course of three months, Scott, they already start paying more money. Yeah. And, it, you know, I guess there's a way around this. Maybe, yeah. you know, if you talk to, um, you know, a, a shop owner, and you're having a big repair like that done, there's a possibility, not always, but there's a possibility that they may finance that repair for you. Yeah, and, and but you have to know them. That's an option to look at. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're in that position, if you're in, in that case, because when you're looking at, at completely getting rid of your vehicle and going to something new, whether mm-hmm. it's a new used or new new vehicle, mm-hmm. that's a that's a different bridge to jump off. Just of, a lot a lot of people get pretty messed up over the liquidity problem. So yeah. I would I think that's an excellent point, Scott. We should recommend trying to put 
I, I hate to say it this way, but see if you can put a repair on layaway. And I don't, I don't recommend that by any means. You should have, be able to have something in, in reserve for something like that. Because right. if you're, if you're just going month to month, you know, just able to make your bills and then something like this hits, that's a terrible position it's to be catastrophic. in. Catastrophic. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can speak from experience. I'm, I'm now a saver. I save a lot of money, you know, as much as I can mm-hmm. for things like this. And it's paid off many, many times. So if I can just offer a little tiny bit of advice, Save as much as you can for stuff like this, the unexpected things. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be your car because what if something comes up with, you know, the house? Let's say the, uh, the air conditioner goes out on the house. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then it's $3,000, you know, and then it's like, well, great. Now I don't have the money for the car payment that I thought I had. <laughs> you remember that $400 car payment? Right. Cause I was on that month to month. Yeah. Because I had plan. just enough to make the $400 car payment. So, you know, life gets in the way, Ben. There's a lot of different things that come up. So I mean, just a tiny bit of advice. We won't do that too much, but I don't, I don't mean to preach. Oh yeah. No, no. I think it's, I, I think it's invaluable advice. Uh, and I wish I had heard it earlier, honestly, <laughs> in a couple of respects, but, yeah. uh, one thing that I, Me I, too. I naturally go to when, when you bring this up, which is again, a very good point. You said life gets in the way. And that's something that we should mention when we talked about, non-quantifiable or not yeah non-quantifiable reasons for people buying a new car yes like what what happens when you have that kid you Uh know what happens when your family situation changes what happens when you have a divorce and all of a sudden you know the car that you and your spouse shared only goes to one of you. Mm-hmm. So this can affect the decision as well. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many different factors that come into play here. But, you know, and and a lot of this now, you mentioned uh, change of life. Now, I can't speak to divorce stuff or any of that. Sure, when, sure. You, when you have to sell your vehicle in order to get half of the price out of it to give to the other person right, involved. Yeah. But, but um, you know, the, a position where your life changes in some way, like you have a kid. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened with my car. I sold my Honda CRX, which had two seats, yeah. to get the Audi, which had four doors and four seats, you know, Four seats or seating for five, I guess. Hmm. And, um, you know, it was a great decision and it, and it lasted me for many, many years past, you know, when I was making a car payment, but then it got very, very expensive, you know, for yeah, me. Yeah, I imagine. And, and, you know, I understand it was a good decision to make at the time, but, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do and you make, make decisions like that. You make it based on your, your life at that moment. So there's also another thing, Ben, there's a kind of a peace of mind that you have to, that goes along with this. And when you have a kid, you think, well, is my car reliable because I'm going to be driving the kid back and forth to daycare or to um, soccer you know, school, grandparents' house, yeah. and I'm going to be making long trips to, uh, you know, to the the coast, I guess, because we're going to take family vacations on the mm-hmm. beach or whatever. And mm-hmm. I sure don't want to have my family in the car somewhere in the middle of Florida and have the thing break down because, you know, I don't I don't know any mechanics in the area, obviously, and and likelihood that you can't repair it on the side of the road usually. It's pretty high. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you know, you think. I want something reliable. I want something safe for my family. That you make you make decisions based on things like that as well, mm-hmm. and that peace of mind or that uh, just that comfort of knowing that you can get in the car and, and start it every time that you turn the key, that has something to do with it as well. Because I've had cars before where it's a fifty fifty shot if it's going to start in the morning, or you know if I'm going to make it across town to get to to my job. But you know you need that job in order to make the money to make the car payment. So Whoa, what'd you have, like, Schrodinger's ignition? Yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was about like that. I'm talking about like. You know, some of the older, dodgier cars, I right, guess, right, had, right. you know, that uh, you're quite, you know, kind of unsure about them. Yeah. You know, some that always left you stranded. You know, you just knew that, you know, you better have a phone with you if you go out or at least the name of a good tow truck company. Gosh, man. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and recap. I think that's most of what we got. You got anything else? Well, yeah, I guess um, 
Maybe some final advice, maybe, just uh, if that's yeah. all right. You yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so I guess the last advice, I guess, the best thing to do is if you search new car versus old car online, you'll find a lot of different interesting things. And and one thing is that we've got a uh, <laughs> we've got a quiz on our site. We do. Um, I'm so glad you, you know, mentioned you, this. It's kind of, is it, should I repair or replace my car or something like that? Yeah, I, I'm that's, to find uh, I think that's the name of it. Should oh, I re- oh, here it is. Ditch it. it. Fix it or ditch it. Is it time to replace your ride? And there's a quiz. It's like a 20-question quiz, but... You know, and it's funny, you think that, well, what's a quiz going to tell me? But there's some good insight in this quiz because our writers put a lot of effort into uh, into writing this stuff. And uh, and Kristen, uh, Kristen is the writer of this, Kristen Hall-Geisler. And uh, she put a lot of effort into this, mm-hmm. and there's some good, good points here, some things that you may not consider, you know, in the form of questions. Yeah, it's not it's not fluffy. No, it's not. It's, it's fun, but it's also not fluffy. You're right. It has some good, solid advice. And also, you can go online and look at calculators. And these are very valuable, I think, to people. And um, I don't know, if Ben, if I'm stepping over something you no, want to cover great. here or yeah, not. Go but, ahead, calculators. Calculators online are maybe one of the best ways to figure all this out, because they, re- but they do require a lot of details. You got to know a lot about the vehicle that you're intending to purchase and the vehicle that you have now. And think we're talking about things like, um, you know, current current values and mileage numbers and and loan rates and um, down payment info, um, licensing fees, taxes. You need to know all that information up front, so you got to look into it ahead of time. But once you do. It will give you a clear picture of whether it's worth it to hang on to your old car or mm-hmm. buy a brand new vehicle. And then there's also, we mentioned quiz type, you know, the quiz that we have, but there are quiz programs that will give you a, um, a kind of a yes, no, like a, right, you know, yeah. you answer 10 or 12 questions mm-hmm. and it'll say, well, here's our recommendation for you because you answered this way. Right. What's the year of your car? What's the model? What's the mileage? Yeah, and it'll say, it'll ask you more about your situation mm-hmm. and your, and your expectations out of your vehicle. And it'll say, well, we think you should hang on to your car and make the repairs, or, or we recommend for you a new used vehicle or a new, new vehicle for you because, you know, these are, these are the things that you want. You know, it's based on your monthly budget or your average miles or, you know, the options that you require, which yeah. is kind of funny to me. You require options, but, <laughs> you know, if you have to have, um, you know, the, uh, the heated and cooled seats or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I know it's kind of, it, funny but there's also lots of advice columns now you're listening to us about you know we're not really trying to give you advice maybe we're just Just trying to observations observations is a good way but there are advice columns out there that will tell you Mm -hmm. specifics and and you'll find that if you read through these you'll find a lot of people have exactly the same thing going on as you do so you can Mm -hmm. kind of match up with uh with certain you know writers or people with questions that say well you know, I've got this vehicle and it's kind of doing this now. Is it worth it for me to invest in a new vehicle or a used vehicle or should I just repair it? And you'll find that, you know, somebody has gone through what you've gone through invariably. There's always Absolutely. a good example out there. So, you know, those three things, the calculators, the, the quiz type programs and, and advice columns are maybe the best places to go. And to add all of that up under one burning highlighted point. If you remember nothing else from this po- podcast, just remember this. Consider your dis- your decision carefully. Don't just jump in, okay? I know car commercials are astonishing and really cool, uh, even when cars involved are kind of ugly. Yeah. I know that there are so many people out there stuck driving Honda Odysseys, um, but the point is that the- these decisions um, in terms of finances – 
are are fairly close to tattoos. They have permanence in your life. Second, uh, isn't it like the second largest purchase in in your life? Typically? Yeah, there's a house and the house then the and car. The car is the yeah. second largest decision that you'll make mm-hmm. monetarily. So you know you got to de- you got to decide: is this the right time for me? And I know it's a very emotional thing for people oh, yeah. a lot of times. Oh yeah, but it should be more math driven. It should be something that you really really sit down and figure out and and make sure that it's the right decision for you. And with that, I think, uh, Scott, I propose that we end this podcast with a little bit of math in our listener mail. Let's do it. Okay, Scott, Logan writes in, uh, and I I know you probably read this one too, Logan writes in to talk about the mid-grade, low-grade, high-grade gasoline. Oh, boy. And he said, he said, uh, it's all in perspective. And he said, let me explain why I would say this is an arguable point and it should be left up to the consumer. So Logan's saying that there's something that goes down to somebody's personal choice, right? He said, number one, density of 87 grade is generally significantly less than 93 octane gas and is therefore less energy dense. Two, the octane on 87 grade gasoline is generally an 8292 or 8391 RM value, giving you the 87 R plus M divided by two value at the pump. And 93 octane gas is generally 87.5 or 98.5, um, yielding something like 93 R plus M over 2. Uh, so assuming the gasoline blends linearly at the pump, you're mixing roughly 60% 87 grade with 40% 93 gas to give you approximately 89 RM over 2 value. And he says the thing is, gasoline, in reference to the octane number, doesn't blend linearly. Uh, so since octane is a measure of the physical property, resistance to detonation upon compression, all these other factors play into this, and therefore it tends not to blend linearly. Since most gas stations are afraid that the gas won't blend this way, or at least the major companies are, they tend to blend above these specifications at the pump, since both streams tend to be wide into each other for mid-grade. Hmm. So is he saying we get what we pay for at the pump, or we don't get what we pay for at the pump? Here's here's what he's here's what he's saying. It's just great because this is the part of his letter where he goes. So where am I going with this? Ah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, he says depending on the price point, uh, the three uh, percent increase in price will le- yield a denser gasoline with better knocking characteristics, generally allowing the ECU to advance timing and decrease the injector load table. Now he's writing to us from Houston, so in Houston. The price is um, eighty set uh, for eighty seven is around three dollars and thirty cents, and mid grades around three dollars and forty. So, you know that's somewhat comparable to Atlanta too. Uh, so he says, in the long run, this gives you better fuel economy over the eighty seven octane gas, but it might not be noticeable. So for his, he was driving a Hyundai Accent, and he got three miles per gallon better going from regular all the way to premium. And uh, when you think about the mileage savings, that's 36 to 39. So if you want to do this yourself, and he said, of course, every car might be different. So uh, it might not be as much of a cut and dry benefit as it's being advertised. Mm. And he... um, well, this kind of goes against a few things that we've learned, right? I mean, I thought mm-hmm. we I thought we had said that, you know, if a car is rated at 87 octane, that's what you should put in there because that's what the manufacturer recommends, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go to jump up to 93, I thought that the idea was that it doesn't quite burn as, as easily. Now, right. we've also had a few people write in and say, that's not true because of this, this, yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah. send in a lot of, you know, another 
huge, you know, email with a lot of chemistry involved in it. And, yeah. And a lot of numbers that there's no way I can recall that right now. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We, it seems like we've always just kind of narrowed it down to uh, the 87 octane stuff burns a little bit easier. The 90, 93 octane stuff is mm-hmm. a little bit tougher to burn, requires higher compression. And that's typically the ones that benefit from it. Now you right. can put it in there; mm-hmm. and it, it may have adverse effects. It may not have adverse effects, but um, typically the higher octane is for higher compression engines. Right. Typically, yeah, typically. And so uh, we've got. It, it's interesting because we've triggered a lot of listener attention to this this idea. Yeah, it seems like everybody in our audience weighs in on this at some uh-huh. point. Yeah, you know, whether it's just an add-on to the end of a, an email or, uh-huh. or what, or, or a complete email mm-hmm. about just that topic. But yeah, everybody has a, a, an opinion about uh, the octane rating of fuel. Right, and so we wanted to uh, give as many perspectives as we could on this. Uh, now, Logan wrote us a fantastic email. Unfortunately, we don't have time to read all of it, but Scott, I will read the last line. I think you're going to like it. Okay, hit it, man. Anyways, take it easy, guys. Also, 89 20th anniversary Trans Am. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea at all. Because, uh, yeah, the 89 was, uh, that was the year I graduated. So that one, of course, that's one that I paid attention to because that was the, <laughs> the cool car at the time, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. I, I like that idea. Well, Trans Ams and, yeah. and all that. I mean, yeah. The whole lineup, the Firebird, Camaro, mm-hmm. we should do something about all of them. All of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. We should do a whole Trans Am because we've done uh, specific things, but we haven't just done a Trans Am. No, I don't think we have. Good idea, Logan. Thank you so much for writing in, and thank you, everybody else, for listening. Let us know how your last repair or replace dilemma went. We're, we're interested in the answer. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We have our very own website, carstuffshow.com and you can always send us an email directly. Our email address is carstuffdiscovery.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.